In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. And today, we are joined by the man who legendary broadcaster Bill Nygut calls the master of the budget, a legend in his own right, James Salzer for the AJC. Or in his own mind. (laughs) Well, James, it has been quite the session already, dominated really by your favorite topic, the budget. And when House Speaker David Ralston said he was going to take off about 10 days to focus intently on the budget, it must have been like a dream come true for you. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> so let's dive right into it, because you've been through a lot of these, these drawn-out budget negotiations in the past. Um, right now, we seem to have a very big clash involving some of the most powerful players in, in, in Georgia over the budget. Um, so what's different and what's the same about, about these, these budget, this budget crisis? The, the same is, is, is easy. The legislature has to figure out, um, you know, what to cut out of the budget. Uh, governors um, set the revenue estimate, which essentially says, you know, this is how much money, tax money we're going to get in uh, in the coming year. And so this is how much you can spend. That's kind of the, the ceiling. And so uh, if Governor Kemp says we can spend X and uh, that requires them to pair the budget, they have to pair the budget. So that's the one thing that's the that's the thing that's, you know, the same. There's a lot of things that are different. Um, I've been through, as I mentioned, four of these um, sessions over the last 30 years. And um this one is seems to be more, uh, or, or a lot of this seems to, the, the, the kind of the stuff that's making the news is political, it's politics between the governor and the House, a lot of it. Um, and um, it also uh, arguably could be said that this is, um, this budget cutting sessions is partly self-inflicted in the sense that the legislature and the previous governor, um, in an election year, decided to cut the um, the state income tax. Um, and you know they knew when you cut if you cut a tax, a state income tax, you're going to reduce revenue flow. And um, so they're taking in less money. The gov- governor Kemp has had a, kind of a rough ride in terms of um, tax collections. He's had months that have been down he has had plenty of months that have kind of you know 
just kind of hung out there. And, you know, it's weird because the economy has been strong. Yeah. Um, and we have record unemployment, uh, low unemployment rates. So um, it's kind of counterintuitive that revenues are down. But, but of course, uh, the, they not, essentially, they not only cut their, the state income tax rate, um, the state has not, uh, the, in terms of state revenue, has not benefited as much as they thought it would from um, the federal tax cut that occurred in, what, 2017. Yeah, so let's have the stakes here because you, you hit on some of the high points. But um, last year, Governor Kemp announces orders um, state agencies to propose spending cuts of, of, of um, about $500 million that fiscal year and the next fiscal year, right? Four, four it's, four, it's 4%, which is $200 million, um, this the current fiscal year. And a lot of that's already taken place. And uh, 6% next year, which is $300 million. So about $500 million overall in cuts. But the way he did it ticked off a lot of, a lot of members of the legislature, especially in the Georgia House. Yeah, the, the, it's um, the, particularly the people who were kind of in the leadership in the House and Senate, and, and I would particularly cite uh, House Appropriations Chairman Terry Anglin and, and Senate Appropriations Chairman Jack Hill, um, they, they work year-round on the budget. They're, they're looking at, economic indicators and revenue numbers, you know, kind of year round. And so uh, I think I think there was a they were taken aback a bit when a year I think it was like six weeks into the new fiscal year uh, on a budget that they had passed only a few months earlier. The governor was all of a sudden saying, you know what, you know, what you did is great, but we're going to have to we're going to have to, you know, make cuts to that. And, um, you know, the the legislature as it's probably not unexpected, wanted to be involved in kind of deciding if we're going to do cuts, what what are those cuts going to be? What is it going to mean? And, and they've got priorities, right? That they they have their own priorities. And, 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 you know, sure enough, when the governor asked agencies to suggest cuts, um, they cut some of the things that the, that the legislature most wanted and mo- had had in some cases had only recently put into the budget like rural economic development rural health care programs and so you know they're they're kind of agencies are kind of saying um uh we're you know if we have to cut we're going to cut the stuff that you just put in that are that is a priority particularly of the house um, and so, you know, you can understand why they would be like, wait a minute, what's that? What's this about? Yeah. And the marquee issues here that, that, that you've been writing about are the big ticket items, right? I mean, so that, that's what's getting a lot of help. There's, there's a lot of different stories you've been covering with the, you know, very, very important, but, you know, less, um, less headline grabbing issues. Right. Sexy issues. Yeah. But I mean, the marquee issue is that, that Speaker Ralston has been at the forefront of pushing for the remaining income tax cut. Um, there would be another quarter percent income tax cut that would that would deprive the state of about five hundred million dollars plus, maybe five fifty million dollars in revenue. At the same time, Governor Kemp has insisted on the remaining two hundred thousand dollars, two thousand. Two hundred thousand. Teachers wish they were getting two hundred thousand dollars. On the remaining two thousand dollars of his promised five thousand dollar teacher pay right. raise, and so what's, what's we we always have a, a sort of a dueling rivalries in the state capital. It's baked into the system, and we're not saying this is like. Like it was in the Tom Murphy or or um, uh, Zell Miller days, but clearly there is a um, a feud going on between 
um, Kemp and, and Ralston that we're seeing some escalating tensions. Right. Right. Well, you know, in, in, I think early on, um, uh, I guess it may not have been early on, but, but he, but speaker has said essentially, you know, I didn't make that promise. Yeah. Um, and you know, I understand that he didn't make the the promise. Yeah. And the, but the teacher prayers, I mean, he didn't make the promise. And the governor said, I didn't make the promise about the income tax. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, he wasn't, you know, he was, he was on kind of on the outside looking in when they did that, because it was essentially something that, uh, his Republican rival for governor, Casey Cagle, um, mm-hmm. you know, was pushing to uh, to make him, you know, he his campaign stronger uh, against Brian Kemp. So, you know, he's right. They, both of them, uh, both of them are talking about, you know, kind of political issues um, that neither one wasn't their thing. Um, and and so the kind of one of the one of the um, the themes has been um, from early in the session that um, these cuts essentially were cutting the budget so that the governor can keep his campaign promise, um, which is the other thing that's kind of our, uh, interesting about it is that he's got another three years. I mean, two years, excuse me, to, to do this. Um, he could do it next session. He could do the session after. So it's it's interesting that he's you know being forcefully saying, I'm going to get this done in the first, you know, year and a half that I'm in office, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, Governor Miller, when he ran for a second term in 1994, he promised uh, to bring teacher uh, salaries in Georgia up to be number one in the Southeast and up to the national average. And he said, I'm going to do uh, uh, t- uh, 24% increase. I'm going to do 6% a year. He did it incrementally. He did it every year. I mean, six percent today would be impossible because I mean that's like more money than the state brings in. You know, new money that brings in every year. I think. Um, but so if if the legislature approves this budget and it gets done, the uh, amount that Governor Kemp will have put into teacher pay raises will about equal what the state in a decent year the the increase in the budget. In, in a decent year in, in what they bring in. So essentially everything, I mean, it's equivalent of every, every new dollar coming in going to teacher pay raises. So, you know, that's quite an, that's quite an accomplishment and it's quite a big deal for teachers, obviously to get that raise. But, um, there are a lot of priorities beyond, you know, teacher pay raises. Yeah. Um, and you've been at these hearings and one of the more interesting things, um, that, that you've written about these hearings was when the governor said, basically his budget guru, um, Kelly Farr, to, to talk with lawmakers. And lawmakers hadn't had a chance to ask Governor Kemp questions, but Governor Kemp gave his proposal and left without taking questions, which has become the norm. Um, when Kelly Farr, the budget, what is his t- official title? He's, he's director of the Office of Planning and Budget. Yeah, so when he goes and talks to, to lawmakers, what, what happens? So, <laughs> um, you know, there's been this feeling. It, it's it's it, there's been this feeling from like kind of day one that the governor essentially told these state agencies. Initially, it was don't cooperate with the the house, and then it was, you know, these cuts are great. It make, make them make them sound like you know, ah, it'll be no problem. You know, we can cut two hundred million. We can cut three hundred million. No problem at all. Um, you know, we're we're not going to affect services to people and whatever. And you know, the 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 house and senate are skeptical of that. Um, whether that's you know whether that's true or not. So uh, the, the, the first week of the budget hearings, um, the governor spoke. Um, he was the first uh, person to speak that week. 
And uh, governors, you know, usually give a 20, 30 minute talk to the House and Senate Appropriations Committee and then they leave. They don't they don't. It's not like Parliament where you get to actually, you know, ask questions of the of the prime minister. So after a week of hearings, the last speaker is is uh, Kelly Farr. And 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 um, every time a legislator tries to ask him about something um that's in the budget, he said, he, or at least at least for a few times, he says, well, I, I just want to talk about my my personal agency budget, which is very and small, which is very small, which is yeah, minor. And and that the governor, um, I think the governor did a fine job of, you know, and, you know, answer. Well, of course, he didn't answer any questions because they don't. That's so he gave the lawmakers a stiff arm. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he was he was, you know, he and 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 that was kind of the culmination of a week of them feeling like, by and large, with a, with a few exceptions and agriculture commissioner, Gary Black and and uh, uh, mental health director. You know, there was a few cases where they were kind of you know they were open and 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 you know were very forthright in in answering kind of some of the concerns but by and large it was you know it was as i think reverend al williams uh said um it was a dog and pony show people were coming and just reading you know what was line items in their budget and, and they weren't you know going up all that far beyond that. yeah and all this is important context because it plays into what just happened this week um, which was amid all these mounting frustrations from lawmakers, House Speaker David Ralston. We had heard rumblings about this and reported it shortly before he um, he made this announcement. But Speaker Ralston goes out. What does he do? You know, so he says, um, you know, we're just going to break. We're going to take a was a week and a half yeah, break, week and a half break. To, to work on the budget, and which is unusual. Um, it's not unusual for them to take breaks, but usually – like either the House and Senate have passed a, a budget and they've got to work, you know, negotiate. Or usually they're scheduled, has. right? They're not surprised. Well, yeah, they're, it's, it, they're, they're usually surprised in the sense that you don't know exactly when they're going to happen. But yeah. they usually happen in late March, yeah. um, you know, near the end of the session when, when they're just kind of working out the details or, you know. But so he's, he says, you know, early February, we're taking this time off and we're going to, you know, see what we're going to do on the budget. And they're kind of trying to drill down on and, and get more information. Um, so they've actually have they're having people come back for like a third or fourth time, I think, you know, to talk about these various issues. And of course, uh, Governor Kemp's office responds. Yeah, and um, this is the they have a they have a lengthy response, but I want to read you the part that is uh, the most the more uh, edgy. Edgy. <laughs> this is from Candace Bros, his his spokesman. While we respect the legislator's purview. The governor does not need a lesson in conservatism from a man who brokered a deal with Democrats just last week for political gamesmanship. Governor Kemp will continue to put hardworking Georgians first and prioritize people over toxic politics. So pretty scathing statement. Um, Certainly there's been a test of wills and a war of words behind the scenes. This is one of the first times it's really kind of burst into the open. And uh, when, when, when she was mentioning that, um, that deal with Democrats, of course, this all goes back to, you mentioned earlier, politics. Right. Um, Governor Kemp uh, appointed Kelly Leffler to a U.S. Senate seat over Doug Collins, who's very close with Speaker Ralston. And Speaker Ralston had an aborted push earlier this session to force Kelly Leffler into a, a primary against Doug Collins. That Doug Collins would have, would have been, who knows what would have happened, but he was looked like as a, a favorite in that because he's what They obviously known. thought he was going to yeah. be able to win that. He's yeah. better known and all that. And so instead, it's a November free-for-all like right. we all thought it was going to end right. up being. 
Um, but he, Speaker Ralston was, was banded together with Democrats. House, House Minority Leader Bob Trammell was on board, and so was most of the Democratic caucus, um, to find, kind of force what would have been a very awkward veto that had it passed for, right. for Governor Kemp. Um, so all this is bursting. All the stuff that you've been seeing behind the scenes is really bursting into the forefront now. Right. And it, 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 it has been a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of tension since August. So um, that was, I think, as you said, that's kind of what was unusual about it. it was actually someone, you know, it's like they said it, you know, they said what, what has been. What we you know, know is to be true. Right. It's, it's, uh, um, it's, it, and the thing is, is that, you know, we can talk, we can, you know, talk about the politics of it. But when I talk to, you know, member, particularly members of the House, but members of the House and Senate, I, I, I've seen more members of the House just because they've, you know, they've been having the hearings and I'll see the same thing uh, with the Senate, I'm sure, uh, next week. But but they really care about this. It's not, you know, it's when when uh, the mental health uh, director, come, you know, gets up and says uh, and is asked is asked questions about a, um, a report that she gave that that said, like, you know, if we make these cuts, they're going to there's a possibility that more people are going to be commit suicide or. Uh, fewer people are going to get like uh, addiction services if we make these, you know, the cuts. That's a possibility. They really care about that. It's and and you can see it on the. You can see it when you just sit and talk to some of the House leaders, like uh, you know Chairman England, on budget. I mean, they really care about this, and it's so it's it's it is politics, obviously, because there's nothing over at the Capitol that's not politics. Yeah. But it's also they. Particularly the people who are running these um, um, budget committees and, and subcommittees is they're they're talking to these people kind of year round and and they're they're kind of dealing with the impact about stuff and again it, it is a lot of this stuff is not sexy it's not stuff that gets big headlines but um, but does affect people's lives and over the next ten days or so. Um, We'll see. The House is going to try to put a face on these cuts, right? They're going to right. they're going to try to bring it home to to Georgia voters about what this actually means. And if you want a good glimpse of that, too, um, our colleagues Sheila Poole and and Ariel Hart did a big Sunday story um, a few days ago about what those cuts would look like um, to the frontline providers of mental health care and other other health services. It was really really powerful. And of course, you'll be covering all the ins and outs um, of what these budget cuts mean to real people, not just not just politicians at the Capitol. Right. And before we go, I want to get a sense of context from you two, because you've been through three or four of these kinds of rounds of budget cuts. And $500 million sounds like a lot of money, but it pales in comparison to some of the sharper budget. So, yeah, the most recent one, um, I mean, the most recent one was during the Great Recession. And, and so um, when when uh, Democrats or others, not just the Democratic Party, but when people call this extreme and drac- draconian, you know, not not to lessen the importance of, of, what's, of what's going on, but, um, you know, in the Great Recession, they were cutting, you know, five times this or more. You know, they were, it was so much bigger, and, it, and, you know, we those of us who were here during the time, and that includes, some, you know, a lot of the legislators, uh, you know, remember a couple hundred thousand people getting furloughed and and teachers losing their jobs because they were cutting 
uh, education funding that that goes to school districts and school districts couldn't afford them anymore and and um, uh, rating of the rating of the state health benefit plan uh, that ended up then down the road increasing the cost to teachers and state employees of, of what their health benefits are and and then that doesn't even include like Department of Natural Resources getting cut by f- like 45 50 percent so it, I, again, it's not that some of these things that that um, that they're cutting don't have a potential, you know, bad effect. It's just that in in relative terms, yeah, you, you can't really compare this to that. I don't even I don't I don't really think you can compare it probably to two thousand three when Governor Purdue's first term. Um, you know, he had the bad fortune of going through two of these in an, in an eight year you know tenure. Um, so, yeah. Well, James, thank you for joining us. As always, the master of the Georgia budget, James Salzer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for having me. That's all for this edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Visit AJC.com slash politics for all the latest in Georgia news. I'm Greg Bluestein signing off. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.